0: Welcome to Opening the Door podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today, you'll hear a conversation I had with Kristen about shadow work. This episode is so juicy, there is no other way to describe it. Kristen brings such a great perspective and knowledge to shadow work, which is a topic that I've been so curious to learn more about for a long time. So really excited to bring you all the juiciness of all the stuff she has to say here. But before we get into the episode, I want to let you know about something new that I'm doing. So listen up for just a second. I am giving away two free readings for the month of March. You can enter for a chance to win. Here's how. One, leave a written review of the podcast. So go on, hop onto Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. And two, screenshot that review and email it to me with the subject line review entry to openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com. That is it, your name will automatically be in the running and if you don't get picked this month, your entry will roll over to the next month. If you've already left a review, you can send a screenshot of that. Good luck and thank you so much for supporting the podcast. Enjoy the episode. Today, we're welcoming Kristen to Opening the Door. Kristen Ramazana is the CEO of Underworld Queen Collective and host of the Awaken the Witch podcast. Kristen is an underworld witch and certified trauma-informed shadow work coach. Kristen uses her spiritual gifts, connection with Hades and the underworld, and years of education and experience to help clients own their darkness, heal their witch wound, and become liberated, embodied, and abundant AF. She believes that it is everyone's birthright to be deeply connected to their magic and intuition and to live out their wildest dreams. Connect with Kristen on Instagram and TikTok at the underscore underworld underscore Queen. Welcome, Kristen, to Opening the Door.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here today.
0: I am so excited to chat with you. Something that we really haven't touched on on this podcast so far. I started this podcast in August of 2022. And something that we really haven't touched on, but I've been really interested in learning more about is sort of underworld stuff and also shadow work. I think shadow work is something that is alluded to a lot, especially in the psychic medium world in terms of getting to know our shadow and understanding shadow work, but it's something that we really haven't touched on. So I'm excited to have you here as an expert to really walk us through it and, and help us get to know it a little bit better.
1: Yeah. I'm so excited because I feel like it's become such a buzzword. And on one hand, I'm so grateful for that because people are waking up to the magic of it. It's truly the most transformational healing modality in existence. And also when things become mainstream, they tend to get watered down and people don't fully understand it. And then they kind of run with their own version of it. And while I'm all about creating your own path and personalizing your work in the world, sometimes there's also risks when we're taking something that hits on people's trauma and just kind of try to like make it our own like informal thing. So I'm super excited to be here today because we're going to talk about like all the magic behind it, but also like ways to safely actually do real shadow work.
0: Yeah, I love that. Safely is a really good word because I think even for me, the word shadow, I think there's a sort of like a stigma in mm-hmm. sort of the the, the shadow self or the darker parts of thing esoteric or spiritual like sort of those darker things and I'm excited to sort of break those things down and you know get a little bit more comfortable with what can come out of shadow work so let's get started a little bit can you just tell me a little bit about your own journey how did you get started learning about shadow work and and doing this work
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that question so much because for me, shadow work just kind of like kept popping up and the universe, your spirit guides will find ways to bring things to your attention when it is time for you to step on that path. And so long before I even started doing shadow work, it was just kind of coming up in my world. I would listen to random podcasts that had nothing to do with shadow work and they would just say it. And I felt something like resonate in my soul when that word was said. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess I need to look into this. And so I started to do research. I bought some books and I was just kind of like researching, learning, but I it it, and I understand where people kind of they're like I hear it all the time but like how the fuck do you do it like what what is it you know it's because I was kind of like okay and like when people were taking a very like Jungian approach to it like Carl Jung like the it was very like kind of scientific and like abstract and so when I was reading about it I was like like, what is, how do I like, you know what I mean? There was still that disconnect. And so at the same time that I was kind of like researching it, I had already had my kind of like first portion of my spiritual awakening in 2016. So initially I hadn't even heard of shadow work at that time. And I realized I was a witch. I went to Salem and something like turned on in my soul. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, people live their life like this. Oh my God, this is so cool. And so I came home and I was like, wow, okay, I'm a witch. Like I want to start looking into spell work. And I was buying witchcraft books and I started to do spells, but I had a lot of conscious and unconscious fear and my spells were not working. And I was like, okay, is this like not real? Like, am I doing something wrong? Like, I don't understand. And so, you know, then continuing down on my path, like we'll I'll explain a little bit later why that was, why those things weren't working, but I stumbled into shadow work and that's when like I had the real portion of my awakening, you know, like the real like depths, like I was in the dark night of the soul, like it was, it was a lot. And so when I started to kind of just follow those intuitive nudges, that's when I met a mentor. And so I invested in learning actually how to do shadow work safely. And so while I'm all about making things, you know, available to people. So I have like all kinds of ways that people can kind of get their feet wet with shadow work. If you want to go deep into the darkest parts of your psyche, I really do recommend having someone hold that space for you because of what you are going to not if but what you will uncover in your shadow. And so from there. You know, all of the research that I had done started to click into place and nothing, nothing that I had read had prepared me for the magic. Like I kind of went into it, like, again, trusting what my soul was telling me when I met my mentor, when, when I found out about her program, when I, you know, just kept diving in, like my best friends and I were doing past life regressions on each other, just kind of like throwing myself into that world. And I kind of went in with no expectations. My life was so painful and so misaligned and everything was like going up in flames. So I'm like, honestly, like, what do I have to lose? You know, I, I had no expectations, which I think is what made it so magical because then as I started to uncover like my past life trauma and the karmic loops I was still in and the, the, the patterns and the fear and the trauma that were still very real in my mind and body from various experiences, it started to kind of just like break me open to that. And I found my sole purpose. And like, it just, it, it is mind blowing the level of magic that you can uncover. So I dove, I went all in and it is the best decision I ever made.
0: I some of my favorite, when people tell sort of their journey and stuff, one of my favorite things that is definitely a recurring theme with guests, which I just absolutely love is like, I just went for it fully and like stepped fully into that. And I just, I love that part of your story. And I, this, this wasn't a planned question, but since you mentioned it, how did you go about finding a mentor?
1: Yeah. So at the time, actually, I was, I didn't realize this at the time, but I was moving through a lot of financial trauma from previous mentors. So I am someone who constantly... Well, I like, actually it's funny when I learned how to read the Akashic records from a different mentor, she described me as like my soul always like going right to the edge of everything. So like, I'm always at the edge, taking those risks, stepping out of my comfort zone. And so I did that when I was in my dark night of the soul with a mentor that was very like masculine energy business structure. And so I understand when we have financial trauma or hesitation to investing, like I, I get that because I've been there with mentors that didn't show up. For me, didn't deliver what they promised, were more concerned about taking a fuck ton of money from their clients instead of actually delivering on what was promised. And so when I met my shadow mentor, I was not looking for another mentor. My credit cards were maxed the fuck out. I had no idea what my sole purpose was. I had a misaligned business that was like destroying me on the inside because of what I was doing to try to stay above water. So I was not looking for a mentor. I was like, I am done investing in myself. I just stepped out. of. I broke my contract in a very toxic coaching situation. And I was like, i I'm, I'm done. Like, I need to figure out how to pay my bills and just like just bring down this debt a little bit. I'm not investing in anything else. And then like two days later, my best friend was like, hey, so I met this woman and I was like, God, damn it. And, but it, was the, it was the greatest thing. And so anyway, part of that was really healing for me because again, at the time I hadn't dove into my shadow yet. So I didn't understand the financial trauma that I was holding on to and the fear that was driving all of my decisions. And so I met her and she was the complete opposite of previous mentors. She was very like, Hey, how are you? And we chatted she's like, this is my program. And she's like, this is the price. And if you feel aligned, just let me know. And I was just like, that's it. There's no hard sell. There's no like, you know, and I was just like, and so that alone was really healing, but I, my soul was like literally vibrating in my body. And I was like, oh man, I I need to, like, I have to do this. Like, I know I have to do this. I know, I don't know why I know I need to do this, but I have to. And so I literally was struggling like two businesses and I was like door dashing and I was doing everything that I needed to do. Cause I was like, I need to show my guides that I'm serious. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care how much debt I have. It doesn't matter. I I have to do this. And so this is where like, when we continue to make fear-based decisions, like if I had made a fear based decision and not invested in that mentor, or I I would have been perpetuating old patterns and I would have kept myself stuck. And so sometimes when we are leaning into safety or familiarity, that is why we don't have the life of our dreams. And so I took that leap, even though I was like, I'm like, I trusted my soul and my intuition over logic. Did it make sense logically to do that? Of course not. But I, And so I was like, I need to do this. And so I... It was like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna figure it out. And of course, the money. I manifested the money. And like we always like when we when we are ready, that that the healer, the leader, the the mentor appears. And the universe will conspire to, to help us on that path. And so I started working with her. Her name's Danielle Massey. She is the shadow queen, um, but she was a psychotherapist before she did shadow work. And so she has a neuroscience background and a trauma background. And so that's part of why I, I felt so comfortable and safe with her because it wasn't just like, oh, hey, like do these journal prompts and maybe your life will change. It was like, here is the science behind why this works. And she has her own story. Like, you know, so it's like everyone at that dark night of the soul when their life's going up in flames, that's. When we're kind of given this opportunity. I don't like to call it a test, but we have a chance to step forward into the unknown and it's terrifying. It's not easy. It's not obvious, but it's, 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 we have a chance to step out of that or we can participate in the same patterns over and over. And so I, I love that story because I think when people look at the finished product of a, of a, I don't like to say of a person because we're never done, but you know, of a, a visible brand we think that it's always been easy and we assume that there's just like money and opportunities, but like, no. And so I'm, I'm passionate about telling people what it was like behind the scenes because there were so many like shower breakdowns and panic attacks and things as I was like navigating, trying to make my life work. And, and if I had let fear make that decision for me, like we wouldn't be here. My brand wouldn't be here. Like, you know, none of those things would have happened. So for people listening, if you are so stuck and so scared, in order to break free of that, sometimes you have to do the opposite of
0: what has been keeping you safe, even if it
1: defies logic a little bit.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for sharing all that. In the first like 10 minutes of this, we just have so (laughs) much, like so much good stuff to grip onto. I love that. So let's get into like what shadow work is. So Mm -hmm. if, if somebody approached you and they had never heard of shadow work before, how would you describe it to them?
1: Yeah. So first, before we even understand what shadow work is, we need to understand what our mind is. And so our mind has three levels of consciousness. We have our conscious mind, which is only about 5% of our brain. So when we sit and we journal or we um, you know, talk to people about what it is that we want, we're only using about 5% of our brain, which means that 95% of us, the largely untapped things that we have no freaking clue about ourselves is what's driving the bus. So we have our conscious mind, that's the top layer. And these are the things that you were aware of, you know, what you chose to eat today. You guys know that you chose to listen to this podcast episode. Beneath that, we have our subconscious mind, and this is the middle layer. So if this were an iceberg, this would be the part of the iceberg that's like just beneath the water. So you can kind of see it by looking down into the water. It's not that hard to access, and this is our uh, limiting beliefs. So these are the things that you can kind of start to like work through in like a mindset coaching session or something like that. And these are also things we can do in autopilot. So like if you're driving to your best friend's house, you probably can just like completely check out and just... Like, still get there safely because your body just like knows, you know. And so beneath that, we have our unconscious mind. This is the shadow. So, again, if this were an iceberg, this is the, the biggest part of the iceberg, but it's so far beneath the water, you can't see it, you're not going to be able to get to it easily. And this is what drives the bus. It's important to note, though, that the shadow, the unconscious mind, creates the subconscious. So, a lot of times when people join manifestation programs that are not either trauma-informed, that are not based in science. And listen, I'm a fucking underworld witch. So like, it is not all science here. Like there's shit that we cannot explain with science. And I'm fully on board with that. However, we can't negate that sometimes things have to make like scientific sense when we're helping people with their mind. So when we just give someone an affirmation, that's trying to rewire the subconscious. However, If there's a ton of trauma in the unconscious mind from this life and past lives that are forming those beliefs, that's why people say this affirmation isn't working. It feels contrived. It feels ridiculous for me to say this because the shadow is like, LOL, JK, we have like a million things in here that disprove that statement. It's the same thing with like mindset coaching, with hypnosis. Like, again, I am not slamming all any of these things. I, I use bits and pieces of all of these. But when we don't go to the depths of the shadow, we're forever kind of swimming in this subconscious, wrestling with it. And eventually the shadow will override it, which is why people will join a program and they shift their beliefs with some affirmations or whatever. And then they kind of go right back because the shadow will start to spill over again. So Shadow work is the process of diving into the unconscious mind. In order to get there, your brain has to be in theta brainwaves, which is an extremely relaxed state. The most effective and transformative way to do that is by going into a very deep meditation. So a lot of times people market shadow work as journal prompts. Technically, it is not. Technically, that is subconscious reprogramming. The only time you can start to access your shadow is when you've been journaling for a while and you hit that stream of consciousness where you're like writing and you don't even realize what you're writing and you lift the pen and it's like, oh my God, I had no idea I felt this way, but it takes a while to get into that. And shadow work also encompasses our past life trauma, our past life experiences. So if you sit down and you try to do past life shadow work with journal prompts, like let's say you have a journal prompt and it's like, what was my most traumatic past life? You're not, you're going to be like, I don't, I don't know. So, you know, again, a lot of times these things get watered down. I have no problem with journal prompts, but I tend to use that as integration. So after I take people deep into their shadow via their their deep meditative state, then we kind of recap, then I can give them some integration so they can continue to journal, continue to process. And when you're already in that relaxed state coming out of your shadow and meditation and you journal, you get more nuggets of wisdom. And so oftentimes people try to skip that meditation step because they either want to make it more accessible and they don't want to say, Hey, you kind of need a guide to unearth some serious trauma. And they just want to offer the prompts, but it actually does people a disservice. So doing shadow work for real requires going deep into your unconscious mind in meditation. Can you do it on your own? Yeah, absolutely. But if you're someone who has a lot of trauma, your brain's going to stop you from going deep enough. Like I have clients who are like, I can't meditate for shit. I don't think this is going to work. And I'm like, trust me. But when they're in the presence of like myself or anyone else who facilitates shadow work, your brain starts to feel safe because we're holding that space. We're seeing and experiencing the things that you're seeing and experiencing. So if you're missing something or if you're blocking yourself from something, we can kind of gently illuminate that path for you a little bit. And so, you know, if you're just going in to have some fun with your past lives or whatever, like you could probably do that on your own, but if you're trying to heal something extremely traumatic, your brain's most likely not going to let you do that without a guide. And so this is not to create a codependent relationship, like I don't want my sh- my clients to feel like they can never do things on their own, but if you're new to shadow work and it can actually be really beneficial to either do a program or a couple live sessions with somebody so that your brain actually gets safe, like feels safe, understands the process of dropping into that theta state. And once you do, you're able to do it on your own using recorded meditations or even just going off with your guides. But there's so much in your shadow that can even block you from connecting with your guides. If you have religious trauma, if there's a witch wound. And so the process of shadow work is actually getting really deep into a meditative state. And that's mostly where people miss the mark a little bit because it's not it's not talked about in that way.
0: Yeah. I honestly, like when I have heard about shadow work or read about it, totally felt like, or like thought that it was sort of journaling out your feelings, examining that type of stuff, but it totally makes sense that you would have to really get into a different brain state to unearth that deep shadow stuff. Yeah. And
1: And that's just it. Like we can, if there's repressed emotions, like you can hit on some of that, You know, because your shadow houses all of your repressed emotions and repressed memories from this life and previous lives. So the more recent stuff that's like, you know, more recently filtered into your shadow, like, you know, things like that, you can start to unearth that a little bit in journal prompts. However, when people feel like that's the start and the end, they feel like it's not really shifting things because you can't hit on past life trauma and karmic loops and things because you have no idea. And so, you know, when we, for example, go in to heal the witch wound, people have no idea how that's affected them now. Like they're just like, I don't know my sole purpose. I feel completely stuck. And we find out that they've been a witch in so many lives and they've been murdered in the height of their success and fulfillment. So their soul's like, shit, we can't do that again. And so they have no idea why they're stuck. They have no idea why they can't hear their guides. If they have underworld guides, they're terrified of connecting with that darker deity because they misunderstand from religious Mm -hmm. trauma, et cetera. Like this is why people are stuck. And so when people start to do shadow work with me, the first thing we do is kind of heal those wounds that are blocking them from connecting with their guides and it just like opens up their world. And I have so many clients who are so stuck in the beginning and then we heal the reason behind the block and magically it's like they can communicate with their guides all the time and it's just like it's so magical and I love seeing that shift in people because it's like a weight is lifted you don't have to go through your life alone you don't have to go through your life just kind of like stumbling around in the dark like that's what it feels like for most people they don't know what they're doing or why they're doing it and then you dive into your shadow and it's like oh shit this is why I've been stuck my soul is trying to keep me safe yeah
0: absolutely I love the idea of shadow work helping you sort of like Unstuck from things. And it makes so much sense. My next question is Who should do shadow work and why is it important?
1: Yeah. So, honestly, everybody can do shadow work. Everybody. And what's interesting for me is when I dove into shadow work, again, I had no intention. So, I didn't think that I had as much trauma as I had, which sometimes can be like really dangerous because you go through your life beating yourself up for like why you can't do these things and you're actually like deeply traumatized and currently. Um, exhibiting like, you know, poor coping skills and active trauma responses. And we're just like, oh, I just am lazy or I'm stuck. When in reality, you're traumatized as fuck. And that's why you can't move forward. So even if you're someone who like, doesn't feel like you have a lot of trauma, you know, like you can still go into your shadow. And I actually found a major benefit to not waiting until like my life was on fire. So I wasn't like, oh my God, I need my sole purpose yesterday. I was kind of like, well, let's see what happens. And don't get me wrong. My life was stuck, but I didn't put like this, intense constraint on my journey and I kind of let it unfold. And that's ironically what let it go so quickly. Whereas if I was like desperately seeking, I wouldn't have been able to go in with the same intentions. But if you've had a lot of trauma, shadow work is the thing that liberates you. And a lot of my clients will come to me and they're like, you know, I've spent years in therapy and I've done all these things and I still don't feel... Good. I still don't feel different. And again, not slamming these things. I'm a huge fan of therapy. I'm a huge fan of, like, you know, any resource that makes you feel good. However, if you're not also doing shadow work, typically you're not getting to the root of the problem. So you can sit in therapy and talk and talk and talk and talk. But again, that's only hitting on your conscious, maybe your subconscious. You're not getting to the shadow. So you're kind of just scratching the surface at everything that's going on. So if you've had a lot of trauma, you are the perfect candidate for diving into shadow work. Because if you're working with a trauma informed coach, like, that's what's going to help you actually break free and heal truly. But even if you're not traumatized, if you're curious about your past lives, if you want to know what your soul purpose is, if you want to awaken your spiritual gifts, like a lot of people will come to me and they're like, I think that I don't have gifts because I haven't been able to see spirits when I was a kid and I don't feel psychic, but I like love this stuff. Is it just not for me? And I'm like, no, it is. There's a reason why you're blocking it from yourself. We all have gifts. We all have a soul purpose. And so if you don't know what that is, your soul is probably trying to keep you safe by hiding that information. And we can't just, like, a lot of my clients will come to me and they're like, I need to know my soul purpose. And I'm like, okay, well, if your guides dropped that in your lap today, it would probably scare the fuck out of you because there's so many reasons why that's so potently charged for you. So, if in again, in past lives, if you died at the height of your success, if you vis- learned that visibility wasn't safe, if every time you followed your intuition and your heart and your soul led you to something that was magical and amazing, and then you got killed or ostracized for your gifts, your soul is going to start to shut those things down now which kind of like builds, builds a wall around you. And I keep using the word stuck because every single person who finds me is like, I feel stuck either in my relationship, in my life, in my business, in, in just everything. And so when we're hitting up on that, we're actually hitting up on those walls that our shadow built for us to try to keep us safe. Cause we, you know, our soul remembers, even though we consciously don't, cause it's all in our shadow. And so our soul's like, shit, we tried that before we tried to follow our intuition. We tried to be magical and we got brutally murdered. So we're done doing that. But now We forget that this is the life where we get to come full circle and awaken those gifts again in a time where it's safe to do so. And so we can't awaken those things and uncover our purpose if it's going to send you into a panic attack. We need to heal the trauma first, which is why shadow work is so important. When you heal the trauma, when you reframe how it's being stored in your shadow, that's what frees you to start to trust tapping into those gifts. And so for people listening, if you've had a lot of trauma, I think one of the biggest concerns is like, shit, I don't want to just remember a bunch of terrible things that happened. So we're not going into the shadow and ripping it into the conscious that you have to carry that around all the time. That's the whole point. It was in the shadow to begin with, to allow you to live your life and like survive. The goal is to go in and rewire how it's stored. So it's not going to traumatize you. And if there's really, really, really heavy, really violent things, it's never where the guides start. Like they, they, they do some healing first that you are stronger, you're stable. Stable, you're safe. Like when I have people who are actively traumatized, like we're not going to go traipsing to the darkest parts of your shadow. We're going to like heal the shit that's creating those trauma responses so that you feel emotionally stable. And oftentimes this is what allows you to lean into more healing modalities. Cause it's like when people are doing witchcraft or connecting with like darker deities and things like in are highly emotionally dysregulated, there's going to be entities. There's going to be a lot of unconscious and fear. And you know, that's why these things are kind of like unsafe sometimes because of the, the, dysregulated states that we're in when we're doing them like death gripping magic to try to change our life
0: when in reality we're traumatized
1: and that needs to be addressed you know what I mean
0: I think there's so much good crossover that you mentioned between typical or like you know mainstream talk therapy even and some really cool stuff coming out with like um you know EMDR and just like cool Mm -hmm. stuff and I feel like that stuff can go really nicely hand in hand with this other side of it called shadow work, which sounds like a little bit more like mystical or magical or something like that. And I feel like they can go so beautifully hand in hand. Like why not do both at the same time? You know, what are some different ways that we can work with our shadow self instead of stuffing it down or trying to work actively like against it?
1: Yeah. So the biggest thing that Um, I want people to understand is that when we repress something, we are at war with it and we are feeding it. So it's like, if we hate a certain part of ourselves and we kind of like shove it down into our shadow, I liken it to taking a puppy and locking it in a basement. And people are like, oh my God, that's so sad. Why would you do that? But it's like, why would you do that to a part of yourself? That part of yourself is only dark and angry and, you know, Whatever, spiteful, vengeful, whatever it is, because you locked it in a basement. So, if you take a perfectly sweet little puppy and you lock it in a basement with no love and no light and no attention, it's going to become a beast. It is going to become a psychotic animal. You know, it's the same thing with parts of your shadow. So, the parts of you that you have repressed that have turned into these cold, dark, hardened versions of you, the parts of you that you probably hate, the parts of you that when people press your buttons and you become a whole other person. That version of you only exists because of the pain that it has endured and not only endured from different parts of your life, you know, from being bullied or whatever, but then the pain endured from you, like you're ramming it in there. And this is not to place blame or to make you feel bad, but it's to actually open up your awareness around those parts of you needing love the most. When we are at war with those parts, we don't feel whole. We don't feel embodied. We, I mean, we can't do shit. So like a lot of my clients are like, I feel stuck. I can't manifest. And we find out that they're at war with like 80% of who they They are. And those are the parts of them that are the most empowered, their dark feminine energy, that rebellious energy, but they've been taught in this life and in many others that that's not acceptable. That's not lovable. It's not safe. It's not whatever. And so we ram that down and it just becomes this like angry beast. So when we can meet those parts of ourselves with love, with empathy, with compassion, it's like meeting that animal and like showing it love and patience and understanding. It's like that that hardened beast energy just kind of like melts away. And so when we meet these parts of ourselves, the goal is to not judge them. The goal isn't to come at them with anger. The goal is to actually come at them with empathy and understand, well, what made that version of me exist? What made me a spiteful person? What made me the kind of person that wants to hurt people when they make me angry? What created that pattern? And so when we see what happened and oftentimes it's many lives ago and these patterns have just played out over and over and over, when we see, we're like, we can actually look at it with empathy. And so a lot of, a lot of the times my, my client's initial reaction was like, wow, I was an asshole or like, wow, I was whatever. And I was like, ah, 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 that's not the goal. (laughs) It's not the goal. Look at what happened to you. Look at the kind of trauma that happened or look at, look at what happened. You didn't have the resources to actually cope. Like be gentle with yourself. And so when you can see that version of yourself as just someone who was scared or lost or doing the best that they could with the resources they had available, that's when you can actually work with that version of you. And so some of my favorite past lives of mine were the lives where I did the most fucked up shit because meeting those parts of myself and understanding, like there was still wisdom and power and value in those lives. I just was used in the wrong way. And, and coming to terms with that, like oftentimes when we've done, we've all every single one One of you listening has had lives where you've done terrible things. And if you think you've always been a good person, that is spiritual bypassing. We've all done Mm. fucked up shit. And there's value to that. Your soul chooses its incarnations. And when you go into your shadow, you start to understand why. So even if you like murdered a bunch of people or were like a terrible warlord or whatever, you're holding your. You're that against yourself now. So oftentimes if there's a lot of like self-loathing, self-criticism, self-punishment, your soul is is wrestling with itself about the things that it remembers doing in past lives because it forgets that you chose that for a reason, either to understand what it felt like to be so traumatized that you were severed from unconditional love and source, to be so angry that you would... Just do, do something like that. And you would never do it now, but the goal is to understand the headspace around what it takes to be pushed past your breaking point. And oftentimes very old souls, we've chosen lives that we knew would cause us pain and a lot of other people pain to understand. And oftentimes those lives are the polar opposite of our higher purpose now. So if you're a healer now, if you're meant to create ripples of healing and awakenings for the collective, you've probably been on the polar opposite of that at some point, either burning witches or whatever the case may be. And again, the goal is to not meet that version of yourself with hatred because you're just fueling that frequency when we can go in and understand minimally why your soul chose that because it did what it was, what it desired to learn and take away from that experience and how you're still punishing yourself for it now, that's the stuff, like it releases this chokehold you have on yourself now. And when you can actually stop being at war with those parts of yourself, that's what allows you to feel actually embodied. That's what allows you to actually love yourself and feel worthy. So, you know, oftentimes people come to me and they're like, I don't feel worthy of money or a soulmate. And we go into these like really fucked up dark past lives and they're like, What does this have to do with anything? And I'm just like, it has everything to do with it. And so we talk to their guys, and their guides are like, You don't feel worthy now because you did terrible things with money then. And so you're not going to let yourself live like freely with abundance. You're not going to let yourself receive unconditional love She you don't think that you're worthy of it, which is why you keep choosing shitty partners or whatever. So that's how we break those patterns when we understand the origin of them and we understand what we've been doing to ourselves to like make us pay for for things that we did at a time where we were not who we are now. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. So I guess my question coming out of that is, is the goal of shadow work to dissipate the shadow or is it to work with it? Like when you're working through shadow work, is the goal to, I don't know, sort of like clear it out almost, or is the goal to sort of, embrace and, and work with, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: So I describe it as the goal being to integrate the shadow. I don't view it as the goal being to get rid of, because that comes with this energy of this part of me is quote unquote bad. And it's not. So as human beings we carry shadows because of the way our psyche is set up we're never going to not have an unconscious mind and so like the love and light spiritual bypassing community likes to pretend like that's not there just be like there's no we're not shadows it's just love and it's like that you're acting from your shadow by by doing that you know and so I don't like to go in with the goal to get rid of my goal is to integrate so the shadow is merely the unconscious it's the things that we're unaware of so when we bring awareness and light which is just conscious to these things and love and empathy and understanding. That's what allows us to pull those lessons or those experiences into the conscious mind. And then that's how we integrate. So for example, a lot of my clients come to me and they're like betraying themselves and they don't understand why they're so resentful and why their life is chaos and whatever. And so, you know, maybe they tried to talk about it in therapy and their their therapist tried to give them some coping skills to break free from self-betrayal and they just can't. And we go back, you know, hundreds or thousands of years and understand where that began and how it's been serving them. And so when we go into the shadow, we're not trying to eradicate those memories. We're trying to understand where that started, heal the trauma, extract the repressed emotions, like the rage, the guilt, the self-loathing, whatever's there, and then integrate that lesson and integrating, meaning pulling it into the conscious and working with the guides and our higher self or whoever it is that you're working with to actually take action on breaking that pattern. So this is often where people get stuck. They do a bunch of shadow work, And they feel dissonance because their internal reality is shifting. So they're like, they are having all these aha moments and these breakthroughs and like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. But then they don't know how to apply that knowledge and integrate it in their life. So their life doesn't change. So for example if you feel stuck and you find out your sole purpose and your shadow, you're going to have to pull the trigger on some scary shit in your life. And that's where integration comes in. You might have to quit a job. You may have to move. You may have to start a business. You may have to be visible on social media in a really vulnerable way. And I know I'm making it sound terrible. It's going to feel amazing, but also scary. It's going to feel fucking scary. And so if our, if our self-sabotage comes from perpetual safety, this need for like an unreal amount of safety to integrate the shadow lessons and to break that down, you're going to have to do things that feel scary. And so, we, we cultivate enough personal safety to do that. But when people still don't want to pull the trigger and take the action, that's where we miss the opportunity to integrate. And that's where that stays in your shadow because it's still, those patterns are still driving the bus. So the goal is to illuminate areas of our shadow. And I call it kind of like excavating. You're going in there, you're digging things up, you're, you're extracting repressed emotions. You may be rewiring or reframing how things are stored, and then you're pulling the lessons and experiences into your current consciousness and reality. So in order to stop betraying yourself, we have to illuminate why that's happening. For example and how it's serving you and all the areas of your life that you're doing it. And then oftentimes we have to figure out the action step to start to break that down. So- Oftentimes, that means doing the opposite, which is terrifying because your brain is going to be like, whoa, 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 you know. But when you start to do that, you start to build new neural pathways. Our brains have neuroplasticity, means that like you can you can change them. You can break down old pathways of like self sabotage and self loathing or self betrayal, and build new neural pathways of you know prioritizing yourself and nourishing yourself. But it's hard in the beginning, and so I call it like integrating the shadow versus getting rid of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, totally. That was definitely clarifying. And I love what you mentioned about, like, you can shift your inner brain world as much as you want, but if you don't make any action in your real physical Mm -hmm. life, nothing really is going to change except your mindset. And I think that's just something that I really like to think about for myself and i think it's so important in like the spirituality in manifesting space especially it's like you can sit in your room and think about like how much you want new friends but if you never leave your room you're actually not gonna make the new you know what i mean like it, there needs well, to yeah. be yeah like exactly. there needs to be some actual action behind that and so i love yeah. that you mentioned that.
1: Exactly. And that's also why I love working with a lot of these underworld deities because they are integrated shadow. They are divine darkness. They are embodied shadow. Like they don't try to be something that they're not. They don't bypass things and they will give it to you straight. So oftentimes these guides are like, okay, you want this amount of money? Here's what you have to do for it. And people are like, wait, what? I thought it was just going to be mailed to me. And the guides are like, no, (laughs) because here's the other thing. When we change our external reality without changing our internal, we can't hold on to the things. We're not an energetic match. We haven't shifted our identity. We don't have the habits and the beliefs and the systems in place. So this is famously why we see people win the lottery and go bankrupt. It's mm-hmm. not actually about the external changing. We like to think it is because it seems like a quick fix, but the identity work didn't change. So if someone wins the lottery and gets millions of dollars, but they still see themselves as someone who's broke and unworthy whatever, they're going to offload that because there's a, there's discord. So same thing with only changing the internal and not the external and bridging the gap is actually working with your guides to integrate the shadow. So I tend to work with like really fierce, really blunt guides with myself and with my clients because they will give it to you straight. And so they're like, oh, you want a successful business? Well, here's all the ways you're sabotaging that. And here's how we fix it. Here's what you have to do. And so it's fucking scary and uncomfortable. People are like, shit, this is not what I thought manifesting money was. And I'm just like, well, yeah, but that's why you've never had it, you know? And so when we change our our beliefs around ourselves and what we're worthy of, when we start to work on our identity and how we see ourselves and we start to take action, the action is actually what shifts that. So when we want to see ourselves as someone who's wealthy, but we're not actually taking action, building habits that are aligned for that, that that, that's the disconnect. And these guides are going to help you. Like I I've created programs and things to help people actually integrate these things with action steps and it actually works. Works really rapidly and people are blown away and i'm like yeah because you're taking aligned action it's not a shot in the dark you're not stumbling around chaotically and you're also not sitting and just waiting for your life to change because we've been sold this belief via like again the love and light manifestation community i have nothing wrong with love nothing wrong with light but when we're obsessively pursuing it we're just completely bypassing the mm-hmm. actual issue and so when we're sold this belief that like all you have to do is think about it or you have to make a vision board like the guys that i work with like it doesn't fucking matter if you have a vision board or not what can you do today that's going to move the needle, and so a lot mm-hmm. of times people get upset because they're like, "Wow, this is actually like hard work." And I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Yeah. It is. I am so sorry that people have led you to believe that it's not like. And again, I'm it's it doesn't feel hard like pushing a boulder up a mountain. Like if you have a misaligned business or your life just is like like a cheese grater on your soul type of pain, you know, hard work toward manifesting soul aligned desires it does not feel like pushing a boulder up a mountain. Doesn't feel like the way your life was before shadow work, but it's also not easy in the sense that we can just sit pina coladas on a beach and just like wait for clients to roll in or money to roll in. Like, cause that's, you're not taking action to open the channels for things to come to you.
0: So you you mentioned this a little bit in your last response, like the underworld, some of the deities you work with and in your bio, you mentioned that you're an underworld, witch. can you describe that to us and define that for us a little bit?
1: Yeah. So the underworld, for those of you who do not know, is basically just the polar opposite to the upper realm. So if anyone is like triggered listening to this, if you think it's hell, that is actually illuminating aspects of your shadow where you have religious conditioning, religious trauma, witch wounding. And so I, part of my brand is being a little bit polarizing, not to intentionally trigger people, but I understand that if anyone is triggered, there's something in your shadow that is being activated, which is actually an opportunity to understand yourself on a deeper level. So I tend to find that when we are not aligned with something truly we're kind of apathetic. We're like, "Meh, that's not interesting, but we're like, oh my fucking God, why would someone do that? Or what, like why, you know, like when we're triggered or activated, it's, it's probably for you. And there's just a lot of wounding blocking you from it. But for me, um, the underworld is the representation of the shadow. Like, yes, it is a real place. Yes. I go there all the time, but I have found again, internal reality, external reality there they mirror each other when we can go deep into our shadow and meet things with love and empathy and compassion understanding and we're open to the wisdom that it holds it's the same thing with the underworld so the deeper i've gone into my shadow the deeper i've been able to go to the underworld and connect with various beings that are either demonized or known to be scary or misunderstood and i've been able to be so open to actually learn what they really are and not what we've been told to believe because of the depths of my shadow work so the underworld is basically the the shadow aspect of spirituality but it's divine darkness it's that integrated shadow that allows us to truly understand like the depths of our wisdom and our power and so a lot of times these guides are really grounding they have that like earthy energy because the underworld fuels our realm It, it nourishes the earth it sends like vitality and nourishment up so it's when people go down there especially people who are coming off of religious trauma they're like holy shit this is beautiful i had no idea it's like lush and amazing and magical but it's like an anything goes environment because there's no like rules, like we're not bringing in the conditioning from Christianity. So it's like the guides down there are just like free and they accept you. And it's just like you, as long as you're not hurting yourself or anybody else, it's like do whatever the fuck you want. And so a lot of times people are like so excited at the liberating nature of it. And I ended up in the underworld by accident. I was doing shadow work one day with my best friend. We were like really deep into our journey. We're doing it like twice a week, just like moving through our shadow. And sometimes we would set specific intentions. So sometimes I would be like, okay, I want to see like this past life or this thing. And other days... I'm just like, you know what? Show me whatever. And that day I was like, Meh, we'll see what the guides have for me. And it was like this hole opened up and I got dropped into the underworld and it was like the vibiest place I had ever been. It was so magical. And so from there, it just kind of like opened up my world. And so this is a prime example of um, like witch wounding, religious conditioning. When we have a spiritual awakening and we step out of toxic circles, like the church or wherever you were if we don't do shadow work to excavate the fear and the belief and the conditioning that we were was rammed down our throats in those realms, we sometimes accidentally bring that over into spirituality, which is how this whole kind of like toxic spiritual bypassing, like toxic love and light stuff formed because we're bringing in the purity culture and the good girl conditioning from the church. And we want to be accepted and seen as a good person, but oftentimes it's happening in self-betrayal and your shadow is driving the bus to try to be loved. And we are actually sending so many people who are, who are different. The idea that it's still bad if they do something dark, you know, it's the same thing as like sitting in church. If Fear in, in a, in a community that is not doing shadow work. A lot of times those people will project a lot of fear, be like, Oh my God, don't go to the underworld. Don't work with the go out of Oh my God, this being is scary. And it's like, you're, you're bringing the same fear over from religion and you think you're choosing a different path, but it's actually the same shit. It's the same shit with a different name. So for me, the underworld is what allowed me to unravel that conditioning, heal any religious trauma from past lives, from this life. Um, and I haven't had a lot of religious trauma in this life, but we live in a highly Christianized world. So yes. even when we think we have we're not engaging with Christianity we really are and so a lot of times that fear and any wounds that we have from these love and light circles and things of people who are misunderstanding, if we're not healing our witch wound and all of that, like we are pulled from our path. And so I see this all the time with people who are trying to be love and light because they think that that's what's going to make them look like a good person and be accepted, but they're actually supposed to like be an underworld witch and connect with Hades or Lucifer or the Goetic Infernals. And they're supposed to lean into that dark divine feminine power, like that Lilith energy of just choosing yourself and not in a self selfish, arrogant, narcissistic way, but in a, I love myself so fucking much. And I know that I am so worthy and I'm going to lead with that energy that allows you to show up better for everybody else. And so these guides help you embody that first. Like if we are trying to help everyone, except for ourselves that's going to come from a sacrifice energy and then you're going to be resentful and burnout out and whatever. Like, and so when we are kind of evading our shadow, we're evading the power that comes with integrating it. And that's what these beings are here to do. And that's, that's the energy of the underworld.
0: Ooh, cool. Very cool. I love how you mentioned that you kind of like accidentally dropped in because that my next question was like, if somebody's listening to this and they're like, oh, that sounds like one, that's roughly my feathers. I should see what's up with that. Or two, they're, they're really (laughs) interested in thinking like maybe they want to sort of start to access this. How does one access the underworld? And, and also why did you feel, or like after you accessed it the first time, how did you feel like empowered to, or why did you feel that it was your calling to work with the underworld? Like how did that uh, develop for you?
1: Yeah. So I'll answer your first question to access the underworld. If you are someone who's kind of scared, um, I recommend minimally doing a guided meditation, like not just trying to drop in meditation unguided, um, or having some kind of like guide or mentor take you down. So like, I was with my best friend. So even though I didn't, I had never been there, It felt so alive to my soul. Like, and again, this is sometimes where we have to trust our intuition over logic. Cause at that time I was like, I didn't know what the underworld was. I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't know, but this place doesn't feel bad. It feels fucking amazing. And so I had to trust that feeling and that energy and also continue to, again, dive into any shadow things that were coming up. So for me, going to the underworld wasn't as simple as just like opening a portal and going going to it. It was healing any misunderstanding, any wounds I had. And oftentimes this is the witch wound. you know. Prior to Christianity coming in, most healers and witches and mystics walked a path of both light and dark magic. Christianity came in, polarized everything, made light good and dark bad or evil or whatever. And then people kind of pulled us from that dark power of connecting with these guides, connecting with the underworld. And so oftentimes that when we have fear, we misunderstand there's deep witch wounding. So we're kind of choosing this light path from our shadow to be accepted. But if you are in a light worker community or a Reiki healer, but you feel like something's missing, or you kind of feel curious about what I'm talking about, the Goetic Infernals, Hades, the underworld, but kind of scared, know that that fear is something in your shadow trying to protect you. But that, that curiosity, that pull is your intuition telling you, this is for you. And so for me, my whole life, I'd always been into spooky things. Like, I know this isn't a video, this is a podcast, but you can see my background. It's like catacombs. Yeah. Like I've always loved that. And so there's there's gonna be subtle clues that you're into things that are different. Like, you know, so for me, I was always into like Halloween and schools and spooky shit, but I was scared because my, my mom was like, that that's bad. Like, don't, you know, and so she would support me. She'd buy me witchcraft books, but then be like, don't do any of these spells. (laughs) And Like I could feel the fear because she didn't understand. She grew up going to church and she tried to take us to Sunday school. So there was like kind of a disconnect, but my soul was trying to override that by like leading me to it. And when I went down there, I felt like home. Like it just, I felt like I was home and this is where there's no one size fits all approach to spirituality. Like it's not, there's not one path or one way to do it. So just know that you can be a light worker and also vibe with the underworld. You can work with Archangel Michael or Jesus or Mary Magdalene and also Hades, Lucifer, and the Goetic Infernals. Like this idea that we have to choose is again coming from the polarity of religion. Like the underworld is in hell and it's not bad. It's not evil. These beings are not bad and not evil. And if you feel like they are, but you're also curious, the only way to find out is to go down there and see for <laughs> yourself. <laughs>
0: Cool. Um, this question just like popped into my brain, but does it, when you access it, does it look like something like, does it, are you seeing within your mind's eye, this sort of world, or is it more of like an energy access? And if you're seeing sort of with your mind's eye, does it look the same for everybody when they access it?
1: Yeah. So it's funny because, um, if your third eye is open, and if it's not, it's possible to open it. So if you have a hard time, like, seeing things in your mind's eye and visualizing, like, that's probably a facet of the witch wound. Um, but if you are a clairvoyant person, so for me, where the, the underworld is vast. So there's a million different places that you can get dropped down. Like, time when I take people, I'll have Hades, like, kind of sail with you on the river Styx so that you can kind of, like, explore the underworld. So, like, that typically looks very similar to people. People describe it in the same way. Hades palace tends to be described in the same way. So I dropped down in in an area of his palace that looked like the cross between a cave and a nightclub. There were like all these stalactites everywhere and this like, luxurious red carpet and these thrones and it was like vibey like a nightclub and I was like this is the greatest it was so freaking cool and so like when I take people to the palace of demons which are the goetic infernals people typically describe that in the exact same way so it's really cool because our collective unconscious like our collective shadow as that we share for humanity does share various archetypes and images of these things and so when when people not people (laughs) these these deities these beings show up differently than what they traditionally show up as for people I know that there is a message for them around how they show up. So if these things are looking different to you than like the average person, like I can usually, and again, this is another benefit of working with a mentor. Like I can kind of pull out these nuances and help you figure out what that means to you. So like, for example, when people go down and meet like Lucifer or Hecate or whatever, when they look different than they normally do to like the rest of the collective, there's usually messages embedded in that. It it depends. And there's different areas of the underworld, like If you are from there, if that is your home, if your soul is made of like death current energy and this divine dark energy, then there's going to be parts of the underworld that are specific to you. Like I've had some of my guides like come to me and share with me, like the next time you meet with this client, you're going to take, you're going to introduce them to their home here. And this is where it is. And this is what it looks like. And this is what they do down here in between incarnations. And so it, there's going to be some things that are so sacred and so unique to you. And that's just part of its vastness and its magic.
0: That was really, really, really cool. Wow. I loved <laughs> that. Yeah. I love the idea of sort of like that shared consciousness or like, yeah, that you're able, we're all able to sort of see the same things. So That's super yeah. cool. Why do you think it's important for people to be connected to their magic and their intuition?
1: I mean, the the biggest thing with that is when we are indoctrinated into traditional society, It is mundane and it is soul sucking and it is done intentionally to do so, to keep people so burnt out and so numb and so just like checked out that they don't realize all the fucked up shit going on in the world. So like there is an intentional churning of like, debt and stress and just like hustle culture that keeps us all disconnected from our own magic, but life does not have to be that way. Like old me was working 16 hours a day, getting three to five hours of sleep, chasing money just to keep myself alive. And it was so stressful. I had no time for anything else. I had no time for meditating or connecting with my guys. And I went a good portion of my life just thinking, well, like, I guess this is what being an adult is. And it blows that does not have to be your life. And so when you tap into your magic and your intuition, even if you don't feel called to like start a business with it, even. Even if that's not part of your sole purpose, your life is inherently so much more incredible when you can see the synchronicities or see the things that your guides can lead to like you too. And that can be, I mean, soul tribe animals. I talk about this a lot on my Instagram. Like my guides have brought animals that are connected to my soul into my life over and over and over. And it's been so fulfilling every single time. But if I wasn't connected to my intuition or to my guides and I was missing those signs, I, I would have missed the chance for these incredible moments of my life. So this can fill your life with so much just like wonder and awe and gratitude, feeling truly guided and supported. And and again, no matter what you choose to do with that, even if you still want to work a nine to five, even if you still want to keep your life for the majority the way it is right now, it still feels, you feel so alive. Like you feel so connected to other human beings, to the earth, to the universe. And it shifts the vibration and the energy that you reside in every single day, even if your life physically doesn't feel like it needs to change.
0: Yeah. Uh, I love how you mentioned, cause I think this is so important too, that if you're on a spiritual path, it doesn't mean if you're a medium or you're psychic or you work with the underworld, it doesn't mean that you have to start a business around it. Like you can just do those things to become better with your, in your soul, you know? Like I just, yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like so many people need to hear that. Like you don't, you can be a psychic medium and never charge somebody for a reading, you know, like you don't have to start a business out of your spirituality. And so I just think that's such an, Important thing to know. Yeah. So. Oh,
1: yeah. I have clients that are like, I my life is great, but I just want to be magical, and so they use their intuition to get promotions or to to work in their industry. And so a lot of my clients end up finding out, like, wow, I have all these gifts that just apply to like my everyday life, choosing when to go on vacation or when to do this thing. And sometimes people do want to start a business, and that's totally okay too. And when yeah. you're connected to your guides and that that internal guidance, your intuition, it gets so much easier to just make
0: any decision in your life. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes it does. So if somebody's listening to this, they're loving the idea of shadow work, maybe they're not quite ready to work with someone like yourself like a mentor or something. What are some little things that they can do to sort of just start dipping uh, their toe into the the waters yeah. of shadow work?
1: Absolutely. So I would say with this, there's there's two ways that I recommend going about it. I would start to look at the patterns in your life that you feel stuck in. Like the patterns that you feel like you just keep repeating over and over and over, even if you think you're trying to do things differently. Because even sometimes, just sitting and bringing awareness to these things that we do unconsciously, we can start to be like, huh, okay, like I see a trend in my decision making. Or I always ask, like, when when something's triggering or we feel stuck, like, how is this serving me? And usually that triggers people because they're like what the fuck I don't want this it doesn't serve me I'm like no but it is if it wasn't keeping you safe or comfortable or familiar or whatever so what I I recommend actually starting to lean into the things like that like how is my life serving me even if I don't like it illuminating some patterns that you feel stuck in Um, what are some emotions you have a hard time processing moving through communicating you can look at your communication styles in your life your ability to make decisions like do you make decisions from a place of pressure and fear and chaos or do you make decisions from a really new Grounded place. Like you can start to illuminate these things without even diving into your shadow. And then from there, When your brain is really, really relaxed, it tends to feel like that state between wakefulness and sleep. So I like to look at it as like, right when you're drifting off to sleep or right when you're waking up, like what what are you dreaming about? What are you thinking about? What memories pop to the surface? And again, if you're someone who has a lot of trauma, you may not really be readily able to access that because your brain's gonna kind of put a lid on it. But if your dreams tend to be stressful and scary, if you have recurring nightmares, like oftentimes these things are iterations of past life trauma or this life trauma. So that could also kind of illuminate some of the stuff that may be hiding in your shadow.
0: Kristen, thank you so much for being here. I have one last question. What is something that listeners can do today to open their door up to their own intuitive abilities a little bit more? I
1: love that so much. The first thing is being honest with yourself about wanting it. I think a lot of times when we struggle to manifest something or dive into something, we're not actually letting ourselves tap into our true desire. And so if you're kind of talking yourself out of it, telling yourself that it's like silly or not real or unimportant, or you don't have the luxury of time to do it, you're giving yourself reasons why it's not a priority. And so first, just be honest with yourself. If you really want to get to know that side of you, you can liberate yourself by even just owning that desire. So that's number one. And number two, I typically recommend finding a safe connection point. So let's say you have a loved one on the other side that you feel really safe with. You can set the intention. um if, Even if you're someone who doesn't like meditating, like when you go to sleep, I always ask my guides or you know, whoever it is that you desire to connect with, even if it's just your higher self, like um, asking them to show me any signs, any symbols, any messages or communication I need. And when you start intentionally bringing that into your life, because again, oftentimes this is just intentionality. It's, it's stepping out of the autopilot and the mundane and bringing magic and intentionality to our being, like just asking for support from your guides, even if you don't know who they are that's usually an amazing first step.
0: Ooh, yeah. Love that advice. So good. Um, again, Kristen, thank you so, so much for being here. Can you tell us where people can find you?
1: Yes. So as you mentioned in the beginning, I also have a podcast. It is called Awaken the Witch. We talk about like all kinds of good shit. There's a lot of shadow work in there. So a lot of times people kind of start with that to learn about it. Um, I, as you mentioned, I'm the underworld queen on Instagram and TikTok. So you can find me there. You're welcome to DM me. If you love this podcast, have questions about what I brought up. Um, I have a lot of shadow work content on there as well. I have a shadow work membership called the underworld club. So that takes people to the underworld, um, helps them connect with some of those beings safely and comfortably, helps them dive into their shadow using the underworld magic. Um, and then I have various programs to help people heal their witch wound manifest money feel safe with it um, cover their soul purpose like all that good stuff so if you guys resonated today you can find me literally wherever you want shoot me a message I'm always here to answer questions but thank you so much for having me today
0: it was so fun yes thank you so much for sharing all of this amazing advice and wisdom and, and all that so thanks for being here thank you thanks for listening to today's episode if you love the podcast and listen on Apple, please be sure to rate and leave a review. If you want more from Opening the Door, follow along on Instagram at opening the door Podcast. Have a question about psychic work or psychic development? Email openingthedoorpodcast at gmail.com and you might have your question included in one of our future Q&A episodes.